Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Waiting on the Bonus Points, a fantasy Premier League podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Waiting on the Bonus Points. As ever, I'm in the studio with the gut man, Jack Ball. Good morning, afternoon. It's the morning. <laughs> what yeah. time it is. Uh, and the, uh, Mr. Emotion, Mr. Mr. Emotional, Baron Cross. Good morning. And of course, I'm the stat man, David Monday. Uh, and a bit of a weird week again. Uh, we, about a month ago, we had this feeling, didn't we, where we've come into a podcast. And there has been football, but it hasn't really been exciting football. <laughs> unless, of course... You're not a massive fan of Wales, which does include, include all three of us, but you know that doesn't really impact our fantasy Premier League teams. But that doesn't mean that there's no talking points. So obviously, there has, as we said, still been football. There's been um, players injured in that time, so you know we've all been sort of weighing up things like Romelu Lukaku, Alvaro Morata's obviously not been involved for his country. Maran Fellaini's picked up an injury as well. Still plenty of things to talk about. But I want to ask you guys a question first: um, the international break. How much of it did you watch? Because, I mean, I only watched the games that I was actually in the office for. I would much rather just kind of spend time with my family than Yeah, I've got away. I didn't really watch any of it. Um, I've got to the point, I think, especially as an England fan, where qualifiers just don't interest me anymore. I think the football's bland. I, 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 I watched an interview, actually. I can't remember where it was. I watched a, a piece somewhere with people saying this seems like the first time where England fans just aren't expecting anything from the tournament. Like England fans normally, historically, expect far more than what they're capable of. I think this year there's just so much apathy almost towards the England team at the moment that, and I'm just one of them, I just don't have interest in it, so I've not watched any of the games, although I did revel in the fact that Wales lost to Ireland last night, so um, that, that cheered up my weekend. Karma is uh, it's great, isn't it? It's good stuff to week. Yeah. I think I've probably watched about an hour in total, maybe half an hour of each of the England games, but nothing much beyond that. I think, like you say, I mean, the most I'll probably do is keep an eye on them being injury updates on Twitter <laughs> for, for FBL, and it's, um, it's, it's just thoroughly dull. I think... I think the, the one that the straw that broke the camel's back for me was the 2010 World Cup. I think. Mm-hmm. I think since then oh, yeah. I've just been I've had zero expectations. I just really really don't care anymore. <laughs> like it's, it's a shame. I mean, I do I do get excited for the the tournaments, and I remember when we um, we beat Wales two one mm. at the um, the championships like, eighteen months ago now, yeah. and I do remember buzzing. Um, when Sturridge scored later Were you in the office that day? Or were you no, I was off actually. We, we were in the office. And nothing, nothing, in fact, I had lots of money on it as well. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we won that. I mean, that, I mean that's an amazing feeling when you, you, the entire nation feels like it comes together. But I mean, as it happens once in a blue moon. I mean, exactly. if we even qualify nowadays, I mean, it's, it's every two years, isn't and it? And the weird so, thing is that we qualified after a dull 1 0 win with Carrie Kane Lake. So it was, a, I, again, I didn't watch it, but I heard that the fans weren't particularly happy. So even no. though we just qualified, that didn't feel like we had qualified, it felt like a failure almost. What, the biggest cheers were for the paper aeroplanes, weren't they? I think so. That, that was definitely the Wembley game because someone, I think, got one in the goal, hmm. which is actually quite impressive when you think about it. When I, when, I, when I went to watch Peru in a friendly a few years ago, it was Peru. Peru. It was a Peru in a friendly. We need to do a podcast on that. And, uh, <laughs> it was a Peru, I think it was Peru. In a friendly. I think and, I know the one you're talking about. I think I, actually, the yeah. paper airplanes there. Yeah. Like I said, friendly. I was in the top tier, and it was what the one where I was on TV, and someone from the very top tier threw a paper airplane, and we all got oh, oh, and hit a pro player in the head. Oh. It was caught live on live on ITV as well. It was, it was fantastic, and again, got the biggest cheer of the day. 
Exactly. I mean, that, that is Sums basically the highlight. Strength, exactly, yeah. I mean, we were all just doing other things. Um, one quick question. People ask this a lot. There's this idea going around of should we have less international breaks, but they're slightly longer? Would that be... Would that More international breaks. No, sorry, sorry, less, in, less and longer. Less right. international breaks that I, last I, maybe two I, or three I'd weeks. Go, I'd go for that. You go for that, yeah. Because yeah. it just, just kind of boxes it, The best thing about FPL is the momentum. Yeah. It's the week in, week out, the, the buzz, the highs, the lows... And international breaks just takes the wind out of your sails. So, I mean, it's bad enough having missing one game week. But I think if there were going to be fewer of the sort of stop-start nature, you know, you have yeah. one maybe big block in the first half of the season and one big block in the second half of the season, they'd probably deal with that. Yeah, I mean, That's I think... my preference. And, and injury-wise, it would create probably an easier situation. If a, if a player gets injured at the beginning, you know yeah. you've got they've got a month left of games for their country to, to basically pay off the, the time that they owe the injury bench. So... Um, I mean that certainly would be quite interesting one, one other thing I do want to mention um, is the fact that whilst the international football was on um, I, I've had a few people suggest that a spider that I found in my house should be used as a forfeit for Baron next mm. week and we, we're, pro- pro- we're probably not going to do it but I don't know we, we would just like to throw the question out there I've been clear off the record and I'll make it clear on the record <laughs> that if there was a spider involved I'll walk out this podcast straight away and possibly not talk to either of you for about a week Ooh. that's even more tempting that, that sounds that sounds good that, like, those four like seconds of there's a lot of things I'll do I mean a lot of the, the challenges you guys have done I probably would have done but anything like spiders and actual fears like phobias <laughs> not, not fun the, the, that. that four second of Baron storming out the room would be fantastic that would be a great video <laughs> it, 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 and it'd even make a vine if vines still existed so it would be fantastic would you show I would, if, if, if I caught wind I might even talk about it it's good <laughs> ideas now just for anyone no one obviously a lot of people listening will not know Baron his face winces I think he's, he, he moves his hands around a lot you get very nervous and even talking about it I, mean, I can deal with the smaller ones and the sort of the thinner bodies but I mean I mean, David caught an absolute beast in his, in his it, flat the other night. Like, I, it was a bird eater. It was a cardinal spider. Off, uh, Officially, <laughs> the big, Britain's biggest spider was in my front room in my house. Very scary. It's but still there now. It, it's still there now because, you know, well, we thought maybe we'd just ask the audience if, if we are going to use it as a forfeit. No, I'm, I'm messing about. Let, let's move on to some more serious matters then with Fantasy Premier League then. Now that we talked about injuries last week, whilst Perrin just calms down. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think we're on the- Based on how we've gone so far this season, as I think you two need to be a bit worried about the uh, well, the yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Well, I'm not going to make myself one in seven so far. Yeah, no, he's got us there. Um, we talked about injuries. I mean, obviously, injuries. There have been injuries since last week, but what we talked about was how to handle them last week. And I think where we we came to the conclusion, whilst Jack was kind of throwing up crackers, I literally have no idea what was said in the last week's podcast. Well, basically, what the conclusion <laughs> was: there are going to be injuries over the international break. Definitely, that is going to happen. Um, but in terms of how you handle handle them wait till the press conferences on the Thursday Friday in the build up yeah some price changes may occur but you know you're putting yourself in a better position and one thing you shouldn't do and it's too late now because it's the end of the international break is definitely don't make your transfers before the beginning um, because mm. the likes of uh, Fellaini in particular uh, he earned loads of new uh, owners because of two goals against Palace he's now out for at least three weeks with ligament damage so mm. that's what we that's what we looked at last week so you know if you want a bit of advice on that then go and listen to last week I've got a question that's been going around uh, the last couple of weeks of is it time to put more money into your defence now the reason I ask this question is because we're at a stage now in Fantasy Premier League where the midfielders aren't really quite being as consistent with their goals. Like we haven't got Amares, like people like Sanchez and Hazard haven't really sort of come back at all in, in the same sense that their price tag is worth. And the elite level midfielders as a kind of group are tricky to, to work out a bit of consistency. But the likes of Ben Davis, Antonio Valencia, uh, Stephen Ward, who's kind of crept out of nowhere. With, with, I think he's had three assists this season, a goal. He's keeping a lot of clean sheets. And basically the, the average 
points so far for the top five defenders is actually more than the average points so far for midfielders. Um, not by much, it's 43.8 to 43, but the point is is that as a general class, the defenders are cheaper. Mm, so absolutely. We've, we've often said in the past, oh, I wouldn't want to put 6.5, loads of defenders worth 6.5 billion, but is now the time to start thinking about doing that, especially with a lot of the expensive strikers also injured as well. So what That's do you good, think? Good question, isn't it? I mean, um, I think um, it feels like they're always such a risk, doesn't it? Like it just feel, I, I feel like, I know, I know nothing can be predicted, but with the defenders, I mean, of all the, the high-scoring defenders, I don't think you can possibly predict, you can't, it's so hard to be... To pick out which of the defenders is going to hit 15 or 16, but I mean, Kieran yeah. Clark that week there, yeah, he, he flew. I mean, you can't, it's so hard to pick them out. I mean, I, I appreciate you can maybe go with the wing backs, and more often than not, wing backs will deliver something for you. Ben Davis is a good example, so is Valencia. Um, but I think when you're investing and, and you're sort of you're putting your faith into something, I think you do generally feel that over the course of a season, longer term. Based on the sheer geography of a football pitch, the midfielders are going to be in and around the goal yeah. more often than the defenders. Um, and, and as we know, you know, clean sheets. I mean, the, the horrible thing about clean sheets is it takes one bad defender mm-hmm. you don't own to make a mistake, oh, yeah. then wipes your clean sheet out. Exactly. So frustrating. But I do, I do, you know, the stats speak for themselves, and I know that people are looking at four-three-three formations now yeah. rather than three-four-three. Well, it's, it's just something I don't, could never do. I don't think. <laughs> it's, I think my thoughts to this question is exactly what you've said, really, already. To be fair, is that it hurts so much more when you have a defender, and you know, I think you had was it was Higazi and your Foster. You've got a few wiped out by yeah, yeah. and a, a late goal wiped out both of them. And again, it was Higazi's mistake that led to that a penalty, a fluke goal, a deflection. All yeah, these things yeah. can wipe it out and. You, you'll get annoyed at yourself when you've got six point five million pounds spent on one defender. Absolutely. Whereas if you've got eight million on a striker, doesn't doesn't score. You know, at some point he will. But clean sheets just as one thing you cannot guarantee. I think defending is a dying art in the Premier League. Mm. I think it's a dying art in football actually. Well, so I'm, I'm glad you said that exact line because I know it's early days, but is, I do really have another stat. To prove me I wrong, do have another stat. Surprise number of clean sheets. Isn't there? Exactly. So um, it, it basically last this time last season we'd had twenty five clean sheets. And this time, this season, we've had 48, which it was actually a massive difference. Like, I mean, yeah, it is early days, so we will admit that. And I still agree with you. I think defending as a general rule is dying out, um, mainly because fullbacks tend to be higher up the pitch than they used to be. And, um, you know, obviously you've mentioned the geography of, of, of a pitch. Again, it's very important. But, you know, again, I like to, to bring in a few stats. And I actually mentioned it last week. The Spurs fullbacks, for example, apparently they're, you know, using, um, you know, uh, Average, uh, average pitch location. Yeah, average pitch location is obviously still in wide areas, yes, but they were in the same uh, distance from Strata, goal yeah. as Ali and Ericsson, which I know that's just Spurs, but generally speaking, a lot of teams are kind of moving into that sort of um, mindset. So it's interesting that because the reason why there were so few last season, everybody said, well, look, fullbacks are in the wrong place. But I think what people were doing, maybe they were playing 4-4-2 with the fullbacks pushing on. If you play 3-5-2, you've got an extra man at the back. And I think a lot of people have actually started to crack three at the back. Mm. and three Because three at the back keeps your defensive solidity. And again, clearly that's happening for a lot of teams because you've had so many clean sheets. But it puts your fullbacks in a position where they can. Because, I mean, that's you know we've talked about the risks of, yes, it takes one mistake to knock out a clean sheet. But on the flip side of that, um, if they're scoring more goals, they get six points instead of five. Do you, do you think the, the nice middle ground is to find those those wing backs that are getting forward who are playing regularly but aren't overpriced? I mean, people like yeah. Cedric, Aaron Cresswell. Yeah, do yeah. You think, people like them. Do you think that's still a decent middle ground? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were certainly because cons- obviously you guys have concerns about that that particular um, uh, frame of mind for your team. If if that's where you look, where you're thinking, then yeah, maybe that's the way to go. You know, maybe try and 
capitalise on the fact that there clearly are more defensive um, things to, to capitalise on this season um, than before without going too far in and say so, because I mean it's interesting if at the moment um, you know I do a lot of um, I have a look at look at my team on Fantasy Football Fix and they run a um, a little system on their website that's if you were to play your wild card now like what would you what would they recommend mm. and it's interesting because based purely off what they're projecting for the next eight weeks every time I just briefly have a look I mean I'm not planning on my wild card anytime no. soon but I like just to have a look mm. um, more often than not they're giving me like a 5-2-3 formation that involves 5-2-3 yeah exactly which involves the likes of Davis uh, Walker uh, Stones or Otamendi wow. sometimes Stephen Ward I mean it fluctuates a lot because they update their um uh, their algorithms so mm. often but you know and it then focuses around maybe a maximum of two mid-price midfielders so obviously Hazard and Sanchez aren't involved at all right. maybe Ali and let's say Mkhitaryan for example mm. with then Kane and Lukaku can still fit in there yeah, because if you with the cheap you've got to save money somewhere I mean yeah. obviously you're saving money with the three midfielders you aren't using yes exactly I mean that, that's that's the other caveat is we know that all of us like to have maybe uh, well definitely at least two elite level strikers probably three mid-range to elite level midfielders you know if you're going to move into back in defence over midfield that's probably where you're going to suffer and and like you said Jack that would be the biggest concern for you wouldn't it <coughs> it's just, it's just a, such a big risk and to be fair if anyone does start playing formations like 5-2-3 and they do well then fair play to them <laughs> because they, they deserve every bit of praise they get it's such a risky formation in terms of just your own heart you know yeah. just it's, it's a bad enough when you've got one the thing goals is your, it's, it's different isn't it you're, you're willing something to happen with a goal like you, you, every time you go forward it's the hope whereas defence from the start you're defending it and you're just petrified <laughs> by goal going in because yeah, the exactly. moment it goes in regardless of who scores it yeah. you're done yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's, your hope for that match is gone it's just <laughs> awful but also I think, I think one of the reasons why there's probably more clean sheets I think there's a lot of average attacks in the, in the Premier League this year I think the likes of Southampton Burnley Huddersfield there's so many teams that just yeah. aren't scoring many goals at the moment which I think Again, is 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 possibly one reason why to have more defenders that are playing those teams. I think I think the other thing is, um, and we'll we'll come on to to the bigger teams in a minute. We're going to talk about Chelsea in just a sec. But obviously, Manchester United and Manchester City. I think their defensive improvements have been a big reason for City, especially. Stance. Because, I mean, yeah. they, they were compl- they've just completely switched it around, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, this time last year, we never would have thought about backing people like Edison or, or their <laughs> defenders. I mean, it's it's just uh, completely different, isn't it? I mean, mm. they they're so solid now. Because I think we haven't had a team like that for a very long time. That's, I mean, we think that probably one of those two teams would, would win the league if we were going to, you know, make, stage, a, make yeah. a yeah make a call at this point. And it, it's been a long time, I think, since we've seen a team win the league based on their defence. There's that age-old saying from Sir Alex Ferguson saying that goals win you games, defence mm, wins you titles. Chelsea are pretty good at the back, the back last season. Yeah, uh, well, true, of course. But I mean, on you know, to have more than one team to look at, I suppose more than one team because Chelsea obviously kind of dominated last year. Um, you know, so you know, if we, I mean, my next question is, who would be your must-have defender for sort of the next five to six game weeks? And you know, I'm already looking at Kyle Walker. Um, he's a lot of money, yes, but that Manchester City backline is looking very, very solid. The next two games are at home. Is, um, is, money, is money no object uh, for myself? Potentially. No, for, 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 for oh, right. okay. uh, yeah, man, yeah. They say money's no object. I'd probably, I'd probably go with Walker as well then, because I think, as we, we will or have discussed off. The, off um, the record and Kante is injured at Chelsea, so I think that massively, um, what's the word, compromises their their defence. Yeah. So I think um, there's a lot of money you can put into that defence. As Pellegrini has done very very well, but it's a big risk without Kante now because he's effectively another defender. So you're looking at City based on their fixtures, very very good fixtures, clean sheets, and then you're looking at Walker or Otamendi. 
Well, he's no object. You've got to be a walker, haven't you? Yeah, because uh, obviously uh, a lot more. The same thing for me. Maguire is one I never wants to look out for. Uh, Leicester got some very good fixtures coming up. Mm. Next for West Brom, Swansea, Everton, Stoke. So he's he's, he's proved he can score goals as well. So he's a good yeah. he's a good defender to have. I'm glad you there. mentioned him because yeah, it's almost as if I know. I don't actually know what you're trying to say, but <laughs> no, I was going to say nice the fancy Premier League scout had uh, tipped him this morning. So, but I've got him on my team already. So exactly. people don't want to pick so him. So you're I'm quite ahead happy. Of the game. I'm quite happy people not to pick him. <laughs> yeah. So forget Jack said that. If you you know <laughs> we want Jack to do well. Um, for me, you probably know what I'm going to say. Um, I'm I'm actually going to just because you, I would say Walker, but Barons would have mentioned him. I'm going to mention Ben Davis again. Obviously, I know that there are. You know reasons to perhaps maybe think you know to, to be conservative on it because Danny Rose apparently is is increasingly getting fitter. Um, Spurs their run of games isn't awful, but it isn't brilliant. The only reason I mention him is just because he's been the most consistent at getting those double figure hauls. And if 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 we are changing tack because we're thinking that defensive players are more likely to bring in you know a clean sheet, a goal, and an assist, generally speaking across the whole season. Ben Davis has already at this point shown he's got the consistency to do that. If you have, because he's playing in the team that allows him to, to do that. If you didn't so. have Ben Davis already, with his price now, would you bring him in, do you think? Yeah, that's a good question because obviously I've had him since the start mm. of the season. So um, I don't know. I think I would think twice about it. Um, I think, yeah, I think if I was going to make the decision now, I'd probably go Walker. Um, the only reason I obviously mentioned Davis is because some people may already have Walker and yeah, not Davis. So, yeah. so in which case, you know, maybe that's worth doing because. You know, they're they're both the two kind of players who are playing very high up the pitch, and they've both got very potent attack. You benefit quite well from having them from the start. It's always oh, it's always nice when the player you've had, like Kane. You know, yeah. you both had. It's I mean, nice when the player you've stuck faith with is, pays dividends. Because mm. there was a week when Ben Davis was dropped to the bench. Yes, and you were fuming, weren't you? Oh so, yeah. I mean, I was never thinking about. Well, I, I briefly thought about getting rid of him because I was worried that that was it for him. Because we always thought. You know, he wasn't. He was never my first choice for the season. It was going to be Kieran Trippier, and then obviously he got injured in that pre-season friendly. And Davis came in the week before because it was well. You know, same price, same team, same position, basically. I'm pretty sure he's the person that's got you out of a forfeit or two in the past. Yes, well. he has. Yeah. Well, and he's the third. He's, he's the most uh, defender with the most points so far. He's the third highest scorer in the whole game. Uh, so technically, the, third, the the highest player who's currently definitely fit to play in this game week. Because obviously Sergio Aguero probably won't, and Romelu Lukaku may or may not. We don't know yet. But you know, so you know, there's 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 plenty of options out there. Whether or not you should play five at the back, I don't know. Obviously, it's a decision for you to make yourself. But do remember that if you do that, you will have to compromise in midfield. Um, so we said we we're going to talk about Chelsea. Uh, now I think it's becoming a trend that we start to basically see who Palace are playing every week <laughs> and try and get some players in. Obviously, when they played City. It was a massive mad rush to get Aguero to score a hat-trick the week before. And then, of course, Man United played, so a lot of people were uh, bringing in people like Lukaku if they didn't already have him, or maybe a defender like Phil Jones or Eric Bailly. So, with Chelsea, because... I asked this question, actually, because I'm someone who doesn't currently have Chelsea cover. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see if you guys... I can't remember if you do or don't, but are well, you looking at covering that fixture? I've got Morata, so I'm going to have to take him <laughs> out, which a week after taking Aguero out um, is, is not a pleasant thing to have to do. The two that I've looked at are Batshuayi, who's obviously, mm. I think, he's, he's going to start, isn't he, in, in Morata's place, you'd think, and he's scored a few goals in, um, in in Europe, so he's a good option. The other one's Jesus, you know, those are the two that I'm looking at, but I think it's, it's really tough, you know, when you've, you've, I was so happy with my strikers, we all talked about a few weeks ago when I had Morata, Lukaku, and um, Aguero, and all of a sudden I've only got one of those left <laughs> in the fit. So, but, but Batshuayi, I think, could be the safe option. 
I, I like the look of Batshuayi. His minutes per goal ratio is crazy. So he, last season he was involved in six goals in 250 minutes of football, which works out at something like an involvement. He was at five goals and one assist. That's an involvement every 42 minutes. And he was a man that won you our head-to-head league. Yes, he did. Yeah. So obviously I, I, I have a lot of praise for him. But Baron, what about you? Are you thinking of bringing in Chelsea? I think if I had Morata still now, I'd wait until what Conte says because we don't really know how bad Morata's injury is. There's Instagram posts that go up and suggest he may be closer than he actually is. Regardless of what happens, I don't think he'll play against Palace. Um, Batshuayi is a decent option for maybe a week or two, but I wouldn't put money into him because I don't think it'd be a long-term option. And I think you'd have to break up your team to bring somebody more expensive than him in the future. Um, the obvious route to cover Chelsea is Hazard, but um, if Deli Ali didn't have Bournemouth, I probably would go for it. All oh, right, but um, I think so far this season it's served me well not to go chasing points and not to go chasing transfers and make them unnecessarily if players I've got have got good transfers so keep your good fixture sorry keep your calls work well in your favour yeah. sometimes because you're, so, um, you're waving over Aguero and Kane a few weeks ago and that yeah, one time. We had, you had no City cover for the, the game they played Palace and no, you're still top of the league so, so um, I think um, yeah I mean it, it's a good question actually Dave and um, Chelsea's the big dilemma for me at the moment I just um I've read, I've read a few bits and watched a few videos here and there that suggest maybe it's worth waiting on Hazard a week, which, I don't know, I mean, he's such an explosive player. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's maybe not 100% fit, but it's Palace away. <laughs> Murata's not going to play, probably. Batshuayi may play, but whatever happens, Hazard will be attacking. Probably on penalties. Yeah. And it is a bit of a worry, but um, I think, yeah, I think I've got to keep my cool with, with Ali. Give him one more week. I mean, Ali's on the way out, but I think at home to Bournemouth, I mean, we've seen Bournemouth as a sort of team that can fold. Mm. Quite, I mean, last year Lukaku scored four away from home. This season, Arsenal completely bullied them, and I mean, I suppose they've got problems at Wembley, but it could it could be a massacre. So I think <laughs> I've got to keep it. I've got to keep Ali and Kay for now. But yeah, I mean, into Chelsea's attack. I mean, I think we all. I, I kind of part. Of, I know we were talking about Morata getting injured, making it easier for us. But kind of <laughs> part of me wishes he was fit because yeah, I would, would have definitely put him in. They've got great fixtures. I would have either played the wild card or taken you know, a four point hit to make a few transfers and move money around and brought him in because he was a surefire thing but with Hazard there's just a few question marks over them for me yeah. I've just got a feeling though that Crystal Palace are due a nil-nil yeah. against a big team I just mm-hmm. have some there's something in the back of my head that's telling me that's well, going to happen interesting you've mentioned that because um, <laughs> an- another thing I thought about is possibly Cesar Azpilicueta um, if you aren't too wor- too sure about their expensive options up front and in midfield Azpilicueta I think is, is still 6-5 and 6-6 six, 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 oh, yeah you're right 6-6 six, six. Um, still cheaper than the midfield of course and you know could keep a clean sheet in all likelihood against a team that hasn't scored yet of course they are due a goal but you know you have to go on what you've seen so far but also I think he has three assists so far and, and you know he's, he's the kind of player who picks up a lot of bonus points he did really well for me last in the first half of last season ironically he would, all of his assists have been Morata yeah I mean that's, again, <laughs> that's the caveat of course so, ironic start. so you know there's options still in defence though for Chelsea if you if like Barron you're in a situation where you're happy with your attackers and you think they'll do well and you don't want to make transfers to bend for Chelsea mm. but you could maybe make room in your defence you know there's options there yeah, absolutely um, Alonso probably a little bit too expensive I think we've all agreed on that in the past mm. um, but you know Azpilicueta certainly an option my, my, I think my biggest fear of, of, of getting rid of Morata for someone else is having the money to bring him back in you know I've, I've already done that with Aguero yeah. I'm trying to keep the money in place so I can do that um, I think uh, at this stage I may buy out, bow out, guys. Okay. Yeah, just to, yeah, just to clarify, Baron's uh, got to head off to go and report on a, an Argo game. So I think we've, um, covered, we've got most of the big topics. Yeah, yeah. We? We've so. got a few questions left, but me and Jack can cover that. So okay. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck to everybody. Yeah. Good luck to you too. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> See you in the spider next week. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, God. <laughs> enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. Um, right. So yeah, to, to finish off then, Jack, we've got a couple of questions. Um, 
they uh, we, we have talked about doing some some get to know you questions. We'll see if we have time for those. Um, uh, but as I've said before, the box that we've got. Um, <laughs> I put a load of allegedly football-related questions in there. I put about a hundred questions in there. I think about eighty twenty, you know, ratio football and non-football. And we've had like one actual football question in about a month. But well, I was asked last week what football team I'd like to live in. So I think, I think that's the one. That's yeah, the that one that the was one. actually about football. But you know, hey, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, serious questions first, though. Um, you know, obviously, when you have an international break, so many things up in the air. So a lot of people obviously have a lot of questions. Um, Jack um, Swarav says. I need to get rid of Shaka. I just want to interject. I'm not surprised. <laughs> uh, any replacement ideas? So he is five, uh, five six, I believe. Uh, he's in that kind of bracket. Is there any cheap midfielders? And, and I know you've got one in your team. Well, so. well I don't know prices exactly. I've not got my phone to hand, so I can't. I can't look at prices. But um, so David will have to correct me if any of these prices are wrong. But I still, I've said this time and time again on podcast. Watford are the team I'm backing mm-hmm. to have midfielders. I think will get goals. Decore last week was it, was it the last game week. I, yes. I was in Bristol. Watching the game with you, David, and he was yeah. one of my differentials against oh. you. When he scored, it was seen for me and not so much for you. <laughs> I think Watford do have that attacking threat, and I think they've got a few midfielders. Like Richarlison as well is another one who's getting assists, yeah. if not goals. I think they've got two very good players. And I, I just like this, the way they play their football. There are certain teams like Southampton who have got some very good midfielders. There are teams like Huddersfield. There are teams like you know Palace who've got some decent midfielders, but they're just not attacking enough yeah. or not scoring enough goals to warrant bringing them in because. You bring them in and look at the, the goals they've scored or the, the team have scored and it's just not enough to bring them in. So you're looking at a team that can that can score and also has that potential to pop, I think, and get a 4-0 win at some point against mm. maybe one of the, 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 the weaker teams, as it were. I think Watford, there's no better option. Yeah, they, they score a lot of goals, don't they, both away from home and at home. And obviously they had that 6-0 drumming at home to City, but I mean, I think a lot of teams are going to find themselves in that situation. And there's going to be weeks where, where some good teams have some bad results because I think City and United are looking very strong this year, but... You know, if you've got midfielders, all that's going to do is lose you one point as yep. a midfielder. So there's still that potential for them to get those goals. I think they can shoot from range as well. Which again, it's not just it's not just these midfielders that get into the box and do tap-ins. They've got they can score some good goals, and it's mm. definitely worth risking. Although I'm telling people to get Maguire and Decore, and I've got both of them. So again, <laughs> I'm probably people not to get those two players. <laughs> Decore, um, as you mentioned, has scored goals this year. He's scored three, which actually for someone who is five, he's now five three. Is, is pretty decent and it's worth putting it into context I mean we've we talked a little bit about Kante this morning because he's injured and it seems to be causing problems for people for some reason because a lot of people in all the fantasy Premier League forums and on Twitter are saying oh I've got Kante and he's injured who should I sell him for and, and we all and 20, as we said 20% of people have Kante and we all just go well why have you got him in the first place because defensive midfielders don't warrant they're the, like, the only position that don't nine, get points nine times out of ten he's going to get you three points at yeah. most and so it's, if in that bracket, someone like Decore, who admittedly is now five three, but you know sometimes you have to pay the price of coming to the party late. You know, for, and how how much is Richarlison? So Richarlison is now six uh, one. Um, took him a while to rise, but you know he's got three goals as well. Um, and so quite a few assists though. I think on one. Uh, yes, two assists as well. So you know, for he, he's so obviously uh, Suarez wants to get rid of Shaka. So. You know, if he brought him in at the right time, he may have got a little bit of a price rise out of that. Obviously, that you know depends on who who signed him and when. I don't um, understand people that brought in Shaka. There were people talking about him like he was going to be the next thing <laughs> in fantasy football to start after the first game. If you, it was if two you assists call. in the first and game. We, we were it? all saying why it's not yeah. going to. He's always got a red card in him as well, so I don't know why people choose him. Yeah, so you know, it makes sense to get rid of him. If you're looking at getting someone in for him, then yeah, the Watford options do look very well, nice. Watford's fixtures. So Watford's fixtures are um, so they're at home against Arsenal next. 
but you know Arsenal, Arsenal can see goals. Yeah, and and they've um you know if you, you'll see from going on our website this morning that um uh, Skodran Mustafi is injured as well. Uh, got injured with Germany on international break, which isn't necessarily going to cause them problems because he's hardly one of their best defenders. They'll still have Monreal at the back, but you know they're going to bring in probably Rob Holding. Um, and you know either way, their defensive system is going to be slightly different. And Watford do score goals at home, and Arsenal are traditional. Uh, kind of bottlers aren't they so you know entirely plausible they could score there they've then got an away game against Chelsea in game week 9 which is a bit dicey but then after that home against Stoke away at Everton home against West Ham away against Newcastle four games there that are very nice sometimes bringing players in before some of the tough fixtures is better for pricing because yeah. if, if they if they get one good goal in one of those tough games the price will rise probably before yeah. the, for an easy run exactly so they're definitely worth looking at um, yeah plenty of options there um, the next question um, is a bit of a sort of a situational question for this person's team but I think it is worth asking simply because you know we talked six weeks uh, sorry uh, th- three weeks ago two weeks ago about the six big strikers who were causing everybody problems it was Aguero Lukaku Morata Kane Lacazette kind of and Vardy we're now in a situation where Aguero broken rim in a car crash Alvaro Morata is almost definitely not going to play against Palace could be out for up to eight weeks you know that's what we're looking at don't remind me <laughs> sorry uh, and Lukaku possibly dodges well you know he is fit to play for Belgium I think that's tonight that's Tuesday so we're listening on Wednesday go and see how he got on uh, if he played at all but the point is is that with so many of the expensive strikers out you know there's people looking for goal scoring options in the next down bracket so someone's asked the question Marcus Rashford or Jamie Vardy and I think I know how I would answer this question but Jack how would you answer that question well I've got Jamie Vardy he was the one I brought in for Aguero and he did absolutely nothing last week I've, I've not been Jamie Vardy's biggest champion on this podcast and I keep <laughs> saying that I think at some point he's going to reach a, a wall he does not seem to have done that so fair play to him for proving any doubters including me wrong he's Leicester got some very good fixtures I spoke about earlier they've got West Brom next who traditionally don't concede a lot of goals admittedly Swansea, Everton and Stoke and Swansea, Everton and Stoke don't keep many clean sheets and Everton have surprised me by how poor they've been this year so I mean Vardy's guaranteed starts he's guaranteed goals probably Although every time I said he's not going to get goals, he scores. So and now I said he will <laughs> score, he probably won't. And Leicester have, have a fantastic run of fixtures, so I think there's only one sensible choice there. I mean, a lot depends if Lukaku doesn't make it through tonight's game. Absolutely. That's, that's obviously a, a big decider. But recording this podcast on Tuesday, I'll go for Jimmy Vardy. But obviously, wait, I'd wait until Thursday, Friday, and then make a decision then. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you definitely now and there. Definitely wait to see how the managers speak in the week later on. Uh, Vardy, very good point. Um, you know, very good run. Man United's run does dry up. You know, it's going to get tricky in the next couple of weeks. We've, we've mentioned that a lot in the last couple of weeks. One thing it's worth pointing out on Rashford, though, is obviously you you make a good point that it does depend on Lukaku, but um, they've got so many injuries elsewhere that he, even if Lukaku was to play, you'd expect Rashford to play as well because that's what he has been doing. He's not been playing as a centre forward. He's been playing as a kind of wide forward, um, but he's still getting involved. And you know, and. You know, while we while we mentioned England, I think he was one of the few players that actually impressed me over the international break. So I mean, he's clearly a player who's in form and is consistent. Um, you know, because we um, people like Martial have an injury. Um, obviously, Pogba's out as well, and Fellaini getting an injury as well is 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 bad news for Man United fans. Ironically, you know, they were quite critical of him to yes. begin with, but he's yeah. become quite pivotal to what they do. That's one of his better weeks in quite a long time, and then gets injured. <laughs> Um, so Marcus Rashford I think is still worth looking at of course you know if you're talking budget then he is a million cheaper so I mean I think I'm with you I think I would go with Vardy um, I actually have Okazaki in my team right now because I want to cover that Leicester base who have United got this week and United are away at, Li- at Liverpool so yeah. Liverpool yeah I mean they do concede goals but you know for big games sometimes Liverpool 
occasionally, once in a blue moon, admittedly, put out a decent defensive performance. Yeah, it wouldn't so surprise me if that ended like 1 1. Yeah, it's a tricky game to call, isn't it? And, and you know, alternatively, United in the past have gone up to Liverpool and, uh, under Mourinho and pulled off a 0 0. So, and again, that would be dreadful for, for fans of Premier League managers because very few people have Liverpool defenders and Man United defenders are starting to try a lot. We've spoken so many times about the fact that you, you just do have no idea what's going to happen in the game. <laughs> All you can really look at is fixtures and form. And Jamie Vardy, over the course of the season, has scored goals, including. I can't remember the exact run now, but I mentioned it two weeks ago, including against some tough teams. He's still got a lot of points. So he may, he just seems like a no-brainer to me, yeah, if no. you can afford him. I, I think I agree with you on that one as well. So I think we do have a little bit of time to get to know me and Jack a little bit better. And just, I mainly want to do this just because I'm just desperate, desperate for this, this question box to actually give us a question actually about football that we can make relevant. One of these weeks after international, we'll just sit here until we get one and just yeah, do those. Yeah, exactly. We'll just do that for the entire podcast and not talk about fantasy Premier League. So, my question is, please, please, ah, oh, finally, right, what is your favourite football away day? Oh, finally, we've got a football question. I have a great answer for this one. So, I, I, I don't think I've ever mentioned it on the podcast. We, everybody knows that Jack's an Argyle fan, everybody knows that Baron is a Newcastle fan. That comes up quite a lot, because obviously Newcastle are in the Premier League. Uh, my, my team is, is, is Reading, that's where I'm from, and most people listening to this will probably be like, oh, so at least one person supports something, because I tend to be <laughs> that one guy that everybody knows who supports Reading. Um, I want to mention... The best ever away day for me was when we got promoted to the Premier League for the first time, and that would have been, you know, sort of like five oh six, and uh, you know I was I wasn't that old, so I would have been what sort of fourteen fifteen, and basically um, it was confirmed that we went up away at Leicester, but we didn't know that we had gone up until basically after the full time whistle, so it was. One of those, and obviously Argyle fans had that a little bit last year, didn't they? Where not, not to the Premier League. But. Well, not to the Premier League, no, but, <laughs> but to be in that situation. Never had that feeling in our lives, but don't worry about but it. To, but to be in that situation where yeah, the game's yeah. finished, you've done what you needed to do, and you're just relying on out results elsewhere. So Portsmouth, wasn't it? Yeah, Portsmouth for Argyle. Yeah. We were away at Leicester, so you know, players went in, fans are waiting. It's a really weird. It's a really weird. I mean, uh, people that play fantasy football, I'm sure a lot of them do go to football matches, but it's a really odd feeling when you the game finishes and there's still. 9, 10, 11, if you're playing the Championship, 19, 20,000 people in there. And there's this weird, awkward silence <laughs> where the, people, the players are waiting on the pitch to see what's going on elsewhere. The fans are waiting. It's such a weird atmosphere. And if it goes your way, which yeah. Fraga didn't in the end, um, then it's He went great. up the next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, while we're on the subject of away days, I would just like to point out, obviously, because I do do away days for work as well my favourite work away day while we're on the subject is actually Argyle at Portsmouth not that particular game where it was 1-1 last season and they thought they might go up but then eventually uh, went up the next week it was the year before and I think you were there as well you were actually in the away end I was up covering the game was when Argyle 1-0 down for the whole game came back on 1-2-1 right near the end um, a goal from Jamil Matt and Greg Wilde I believe in the last sort of five minutes and it's just, it's just amazing to, to be there when a team kind of they were second best for most of the game I would say Argyle but to score two goals at the end and you know just silence a very loud Fratton Park I mean being there for that was also quite quite cool as well So Just quickly popping on your question because <laughs> a few people will, will know why um, know about Ian Holloway my favourite away game oh, of course yeah. back in 2007 Ian Holloway treacherously left Argyle to go to Leicester City and got them relegated that season it should be pointed um, and we played them the March after so he left in the November we, we were up near the, play- the playoffs in the Championship which is the dizzy heights that we're not used to at the moment and um, yeah we went up to Leicester Paul Sturrock was in charge We had, Peter Mosey got the winning goal against Leicester I think there was 2,000 Argyle fans all sat shouting abusive chants towards all the way and it was a great day <laughs> so ironically my favourite away day and your favourite away day both at Leicester City there we go. So, you know, there's our Premier League link. Jack, what's your question? Who is your footballing hero? Well, my footballing hero, not many people have heard of my footballing <laughs> hero, is David Frio. Again, he's a midfielder. As David's mentioned, I'm an Argyle fan. He was the midfielder that 
was just, he just dominated. He just bossed the midfield for our goal during my you know, younger years growing up supporting. He was the player that I would probably attribute falling in love to football because <laughs> of. He was he was fantastic. There's one game when we were playing at home to Gillingham and we were losing 1-0. And then in the 90th minute, he scored two cracking goals in 1-2-1. And that game meant absolutely nothing, but it's ingrained in my head because of the two goals he scored. Now, a lot of people won't know who David Freer is that listen to this podcast. He was a scout at Manchester United up say, until recently. I think that's where he's, most people might know him from. Yeah, he's now back in France. In terms of footballing hero that people might have heard of in the Fantasy Podcast, I think Cristiano Ronaldo is my favourite player of all time. I'm planning to go out to Madrid at some point to see him. play. I want to watch him play before he retires. I don't, no, I, 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 you know, Being able to see the best player in the world is is something special so I'm planning that although it's hard because you don't want to pick it too far in advance because no man will get injured and I won't be able to see it. it's a cool way to Spain for no reason so those are my two heroes David Freer and Cristiano Ronaldo worth just pointing out that uh, you did just on this podcast say that Cristiano Ronaldo is the best player in the world and actually I- I'm going to don't, don't I- start I'm, with the messy thing I'm going to have time for that I'm going to agree with you oh, so okay. you know and which makes life easy for recording the podcast and might make life easy, more difficult when people listen to it and then respond but hey We'll see. I thought we were going to start a whole messy debate. No, 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 no. Well, I agree with you. I, I, you know, he's done it in a better league, but hey, whatever. We, we, we actually agree on something. Yeah, well, he, he's, he, he has been on Fantasy Premier League, and of course, back in the day, was an absolute must-have. Whereas, you know, Messi, if he came over Fantasy Premier League now, I don't know, I'm not sure. He's reaching the end of his, uh, his heyday. But hey, as we said, that we could spend an hour talking about that, and we don't have an hour, because we have plenty of work to do outside of the podcast. So... So to finish off, we started last week. I decided to uh, do a little stat of the week. I, I realised I wasn't being as much of a stat man as I should be, um, and uh, decided to go and find out a stat that has entertained me each week. Last week it was these these people who basically sold Morata for Aguero, which I thought was absolutely mad. Well, just when you thought things couldn't get madder than that, <laughs> um, it, it's a list of certain players who were brought in for game week eight around the time of the beginning of the international break. They include 5,000 people signed Toma Hemed, even though he's still got two games left of his three-match suspension for stamping on someone. Uh, 5,000 people. Like, imagine that in a room. The like, weird thing is, it's not even a case of if you don't, if you don't know the, the team, then you wouldn't know that. He's clearly have a, a red mark next exactly. to his name. It's exactly. Bizarre, Absolutely, man. Like, 5,000 people, like, there are League 2 matches that have less people at them. Than, and so there's more people have signed Toma Hemed, for example, than watched Hackington Stanley play football on Saturday. It's just ridiculous. Then two other, two other injury doubts for Newcastle. 9,000 people have signed Atsu and Ritchie before we've even heard from Benitez about how, you know, how well they're doing. Phil Jones is, is out with an unknown return date. 33,000 people have signed him. Morata, obviously, we've discussed that he's very up in the air. 55,000 people have thought, you know what, I'm having some of that. 72,000 people have signed Lukaku, which I can kind of understand because he has now been declared fit for Belgium, but you know that doesn't mean he's fit for Man United because they're playing Cyprus in a game that literally means nothing. And then, of course, the worst one is that 105,000 people have signed Fellaini, who now has sustained cruciate ligament damage to his knee. So, as we said last week, and we're going to say it again, stop making transfers on like Monday of the beginning of an international week 30 days before the next game no idea yeah, someone's got to play two games between then and when they're going to play and you've now screwed your team over so and also the reason why it frustrates people like me Jack and Barron is because we wait later in the week even I wait even the Jack man. waits right? so what we'd say to any of these thousands of people is give your head a wobble and sort yourself out yeah exactly <laughs> but the worst thing is, is that people buying these players makes it more expensive for us to get them later on Yeah. so I mean that's another reason why we like to just say guys just chill out but you know hey I just I like pointing out the Hemed's the best one for me. Yeah, exactly, because he's definitely not going to play. The rest of, and Fellaini. Mm, you can understand like, some people did it just, just too quick, too hasty. Yeah, Hemed. Hemed was bizarre. already suspended. If one of those five thousand people just quit fancy football, <laughs> yeah, just, just just leave, just stick to I don't know, reading books or something. <laughs> um, 
Right, so yeah, that brings us to the end of uh, to the most recent episode. As ever, just a quick plug for things that are on our website. We've got a roundup of how everybody got on during the international break. We've discussed the injuries. There's uh, fitness updates on all of the players uh, who've received injuries and whether or not they're going to play. Also, some advice on there if you've got those injured players, who you could replace them with. Uh, later on in the week, as we finally, finally get back to Fantasy Premier League, Game week eight, there will be the usual advice on who to sign, who to get rid of, who to kind of generally keep an eye on, differentials as well, and of course, who to make captain. So uh, keep an eye out for those. And of course, the forfeits will be back next week. The forfeits will be we're, back. We're, no, we can say it now, he's not here. We're, we're, we're begging Baron to get a forfeit, aren't we? So uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully it'll be his one. turn next week. Hopefully, hopefully. So on that bombshell, we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Waiting on the Bonus Points. We're always happy to help you out with your FBL team. So if you have any questions for our panel, follow or tweet us at FBL underscore Herald. Nu de Samsung S9 Plus. Voor een genadeloos lage prijs. Check Tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.